This episode is brought to you by Real JP Multimedia. For all your audio visual needs, visit realjp.com. R E E L J P.com. Let's start the show. Downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. I am Lorenzo. With me is Coach Matt Kriegel. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so, 15 years, a record of 112 and 48, five NL titles, seven playoff appearances. What sticks out most for you? Um, I, I think what sticks out most is oh, when I started. I really didn't know it was going to go as well as it did. Um, I had had a previous head coach's job at Toledo Bowser High School, where I went 0-10. And it was, a, it was a situation where my dad was the head football coach there from the mid-1970s to the early 1980s. And um, he, he had a lot of success. He had a couple unbeaten teams and you know a lot of all Ohio players and did a really good job. And I took that program over, uh, I think, in 2000 and wanted to get it back to where he had had it. And, uh, you know, I, that that first year was really rough, but I, I kind of did what my my college, second college head coach, Gary Blackney, did when we were at Bowling Green. Um, kind of followed his blueprint and guys that didn't want to do it my way. You know, I kicked off the team and I, I was – Really, uh, it, I don't think it was exactly my personality. I was trying to be that guy. I was trying to be Gary Blackney and how he turned our program around. Mm-hmm. And I realized with high school kids, you got to have a little bit more give than that. And, and it has to be fun. And it, um, it it has to be a situation where you take into account there's a lot going on in their lives. So um, I, I came to Perrysburg as an assistant coach in 2001 with Roger Frank. And initially, we had a lot of success. So, yeah. Um, and, and then it, it, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't go as well. Um, when I took over the Perrysburg program, there had not been much success over a 20 year period. I had to do a, a speech at a clinic a couple years ago, and they had something like a 46% win percentage over a 20 year period before wow. I took it over. And that included. I think they had an eight and two, and maybe a, maybe an unbeaten season wedged in there. So there were a lot of two and eight, three and seven seasons over a twenty year period. Um, a lot of people, including my dad, tried to talk me out of trying to take that job. That you just can't win there. Um, a lot of people told me it's a soccer school. Uh, you're never going to raise the football team up. Um, you know, the, it, just a lot of people trying to talk me out of it. So. My first season, I lost the first two games at Perrysburg bad. I mean, we got whipped. <laughs> and uh, um, 
the, the, my second game, it was against Otsego. It was right down the road from my house. Mm-hmm. And in the first quarter, they're up something like 21 to nothing. And they had an all-Ohio running back. And you can see there was a point where the kids turned it around late second quarter against Otsego. We came close to him. We ended up coming within a touchdown or, or so and made a game of it. But you can kind of, you could kind of see the confidence level rise. And from there on in, it changed. Um, the attitude of the kids, they, they realized that they had to be more physical, the, the level of competition, and it changed from there. Um, my first season, um, we won the next seven games that season and ended up winning a share of the league title. And from there on in, um, the program's been pretty good. We, yeah. We've done a really good job. There's a whole lot of firsts that happened over those years. So... Uh, I go back to so to answer your question, I go back to that first season. Uh, that the turnaround is what sticks out to me. That there was a definite time where the kids said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make Perrysburg football a thing." Yeah, and it's been that way ever since. Do you feel like you had because you were when you were you came to Perrysburg when I was there and you were an assistant coach, like you said? Yeah. Do you feel like there's a different mentality you have to have when you're an assistant coach as opposed to a head coach? And the, and the only reason the only reason I say that is because one memory that sticks out is when we I think you were our defensive coordinator and we had a turnover and you headbutted some kid and then your head started bleeding. Yeah. And that sticks out because because as a as a player I'm like man this he's into it this this new coach is into it but. Then you become a head coach. I would imagine that kind of stuff goes by the wayside a little bit. I can remember a conversation with Ray Pullman where he said, hey, if you're going to be the head coach, you can't be a ranting, raving maniac. <laughs> you've got you've to stay level-headed. You've got to think things through. Find somebody else on your staff to be that guy, but you can't be that guy. Yeah. Which, to an extent, you know, um, I think with age – I kind of mellowed a little bit and wasn't wasn't quite as intense as early on, but I, I do think there's some truth to that that you can't be that guy when you're a head coach. Um, and, and you know, a lot of the, especially my players from back when I coached at Central, they've got stories about that kind of stuff, and that's that's what they always found interesting about me. Mm-hmm. And you know, that seriously changed over a you know, 25, 30 year time period. Well, you have to, too. I feel like some of that, that way is, could be exhausting. And you just like, you couldn't keep up that level of intensity all the time. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's exhausting. Um, when, when you're like that, you're like that. And it's not like you think it through that, Hey, I'm going to headbutt this guy on the face mask and break my head open. But, um, it, it, there has to be some thought process to not being that guy so mm-hmm. that you can concentrate and, and that kind of thing. Um, there was a, <laughs> a situation early on in my head coaching career where I headbutted a locker a couple times <laughs> to get the kids going. I, and I think it was my first season. And I, when I came out, there was a, there was a good several series that I was a little bit bumpy for a while until <laughs> I got my faculties about me and, so that was about when I said, all right, I can't do this anymore. I got to keep it straight. Um, there was also a time, <laughs> this is pretty funny. I, I got some pumpkins when we were playing Anthony Wayne and painted them to match Anthony Wayne's helmets and gave a pregame speech. And I was going to punch these things and bust them into pieces and have the kids go crazy. 
And I don't know if you've ever tried to punch a pumpkin. You probably <laughs> I have haven't. not. I have not. Don't do it. <laughs> because I completely mangled the end of my pinky. And it's still not great to this day. It like turned around mangled and couldn't quit punching it at that time. I had to keep going and then picked it up and broke it. And walking out in the field, Todd Sims went, you just destroyed your finger, didn't you? I was like, yeah, it really hurts. Uh, that was a bad idea. So, yeah, all those things I did when I was young, you got you to gotta mellow out some and, yeah. and keep a cool head when you're older. Well, I think kids do that to you too, right? And you have, you have three daughters. So just having yeah. kids mellows you out too. Yeah, yep. All the, the decisions you have to make and the, the, you know, the, the things that you go through as a parent, you, there's – there's a reason you become more mature. So yeah, I yeah. think I've done that. How how fun was it to have your family there every step of the way and just growing with the Perrysburg community? Huge fun. Um, that is one of the reasons I've done it so long. Um, and, and I remember, you know, like I said, my dad was a, a high school football coach. I remember those memories as a kid, and I wanted my kids to have those things. Mm-hmm. On top of that, just the atmosphere at Perrysburg. Um, getting to be out on the field was one of their favorite things of their entire life, and they'll tell you that. Yeah, um, I know my my kids love just to be out there. There could be nothing going on. I'm just I just take them out there to run around, and they love it. Just to run. You know, Ellie made a comment about doing cartwheels out in that field after games when they were little. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they could get out of that end zone and take off running. That's what they wanted to do. And they always wanted to be on TV with dad. And they, you know, those are some of their biggest memories. Um, Maddie, a couple of years ago, when she was getting ready to leave to go to OU, said that that's the thing that she's going to miss most. Yeah. And it was one of those things that, oh, my goodness, I'm going to start crying right now when she said that. <laughs> yeah. that um, I think I talked about it in the banquet and had to stop for a second and get it together because – you don't realize that it's that big of a deal to your kids yeah. until one of them gets older and says that, you know, that's one of their favorite things growing up. Yeah. That, that for me, that was fun too. My, my dad coached my baseball team for seven years. Yeah. He knew nothing about baseball, but we needed a coach. And as he grew with the team, that was fun. Just, just him being there. Our, my mom was our bench coach. My, my younger sisters were there. So that just having the whole family there is just, it makes like you said, it makes everything a lot more fun. Well, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my my uncle um, for years went to all of our games. Uh, my mom and dad, you know, obviously my wife and kids. It's it's been a huge family affair for us since I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how hard was it? I, I think you had mentioned to us that that they kind of they kind of tried to talk you out out of stepping down. Yeah. So how hard was that conversation? Really hard. Um, you know, it, it's not something you just come to this realization one day, that's mm-hmm. it, I'm done. Um, it's been several years of things that I'd like to do in the summertime. Yeah. And, and I want time to do this. I want time to do that. And there just isn't the time to do it. Um, I, I, you know, when I had finally had made the decision, my wife and daughters just, you could tell, no, we're, we're really not ready for that. You, you can't do it. You're wrong. Yeah. And, and as far uh, right up to last week, Jen kept on saying, you're really going to do this mm-hmm. now? They, you know, you don't think that you've, you don't think that you've got more in you? And yeah, I've got more in me, but yeah. I, 
I want to do other things right now. Yeah. So that's basically what it came down to. But they tried their best. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> was there was there a point after you made that decision? Was there a point that you think like maybe I can go one more to have a quote unquote normal season because this was anything but that definitely and that's the point jen was trying to make that you you can't go out on this one everything that you've you've had to deal with this year you can't go out on this one have one more and and make it a normal one and and my point to her is how do you know we're not going to go through this again next year yeah and and to be quite honest covid and everything i've dealt with is not the reason that i'm stepping down Mm -hmm. it does have an impact on it Mm -hmm. um you know, I've dealt with some negative parents it, over the years. That does have an impact on it. But those aren't the reasons. The reason is I want to take some time to myself and do some things that I haven't had time to do. And that's what you had mentioned when, when we had to stop in the summer. You you were off. We were off for three, four weeks, and it yep. was just uninterrupted, and you really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I've never got to ex- – we've had our cottage since, like I said, 1994, 1995 – and I've never had extended times where I got to just stay there yeah. and, and not have to worry about having practice planned or the youth camp or ordering equipment or the millions of different things that you just you, you have to be close to where you're working from during the summer because mm-hmm. something's always going to come up. And that's what I liked about it. It was very relaxing. I got to do some things. Uh, it, it sounds crazy. I used to fish all the time when I was young. Mm-hmm. I haven't fished in years just because... It happens in the summertime, yeah. and I've got so much other things going on in the summer, and it was nice to get to the cottage in May and sit down and fish on the dock. I haven't done that in years, so yeah. it was it was nice to have. Yeah. Well, you told the team Thursday night that you had been around, basically been around football. You said 37 years since you were in eighth grade, but then you said your whole life, because like you mentioned, your yeah. dad was a coach, yeah. and just always, always doing something, always um, – part of the part of some football program when did you know that you wanted to be not just a head coach but be a football coach um as far back as i can remember yeah. honestly um you know seeing my dad do that um and and i think if, when you talk to my dad he says i i got out you, you know when you're ready to get out and i was ready you know i never regretted it he had a lot of good coaching years left in him. Um, I had an older brother who passed away, and that had a lot to do with him getting out of coaching to spend time with the family. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things we did. After my dad got out of coaching, we went to a lake every summer and spent several days at a lake and did those things. So um, I, it, when I was a little kid, I remember having a teacher that asked me, is football all you're going to write about? And I was like, <laughs> well, what else is there to write about? Yeah, yeah that's all I'm going to write about. <laughs> And, you know, I wanted to be a professional player. I didn't get big enough to do that and big enough, fast enough, whatever it takes to be a professional player. Yeah. But I always knew that teaching and coaching was plan B. If I didn't get to be a professional football player, I was going to teach and coach. And that's what that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, can you talk about you talk about playing in college and I've had uh, Connor on and I've had. Um, other guys on talk about recruiting how how much has that changed from when you were recruiting to what it is now it's changed 100 percent. it's completely different than when i played um and it's changed a lot since i first started coaching Mm. it it continuously changes um you know when i played you didn't really 
commit to where you were going to go to school until after your senior year in high school. Oh, wow. Um, you didn't go on official visits as an underclassman. You did it your senior year in high school when you were done with your season. So, you know, the fact that kids commit as sophomores and juniors and get to go on official visits and all those things yeah. as underclassmen now, that completely changed. Um, the other thing that started to change was coaches being able to be in, the, in contact with players over cell phones. You know, cell phones really changed mm -hmm. college football, that they could call any time of the day, you know, and, and contact the kids. And, and so they had to make rules when, you know, coaches can't call kids while they're in class and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and then along came social media, and, you know, first text messaging, then social media and, and all that. That is the main means of recruiting anymore. Yeah. Um, parents will talk to me and say, hey, has coach so-and-so been in contact with you? They don't contact me anymore. They get the 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 student athletes' um, social media information, and they contact through social media. And there's there's dead periods where they can't. So, you know, you think back to 1987 when I committed to go to Bowling Green, there was none of that. Yeah, and you just, you know, you, after your visit, you made a person uh, a verbal commitment to the the head football coach at that time. So it's changed incredibly. Do you do you miss not being involved in as much? Because you you, you had just said they kind of contact them and, and less of you, but more of them. Honestly, no, yeah. uh, be, because um, it's so much out of my control. And a lot of time, not a lot of times, most of the time, parents don't get that. Okay. Um, when a kid is not getting the uh, the notoriety from the college coaches that they should, a lot of times, co the parents assume. It's because I'm not promoting them enough. Yeah. And that's just not the truth. That, that will never be the truth. Now, I'll always be honest. There are some parents that think that their kid's a Division One talent, and he's not. Yeah. And so I've got to be honest with the college coach with that. But um, I don't miss having to go through that. We, that kind of keeps me out of the equation a little bit. Yeah. I know you've said uh, several times where coaches just show up at the school and like, I'm teaching. How am I supposed to yes. talk to you right now? Make some meetings, yes. you know, call, schedule stuff. And that's <laughs> one thing I will not miss. Um, you know, the, the good ones notify you and they tell you what time they're going to be there. And they know, they, you know, they ask, are you free during this period? I don't want to interrupt class. And then you can always tell the ones that just don't put a lot into it. They show up on the spot and expect you to drop everything you're doing in class and go talk to them, and yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> that's that seems highly unprofessional for someone that you're trying to persuade to get your athlete to go to their school. Highly unprofessional. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, just think about doing that in any other line of business. They'd kick you out the door. Yeah. So, and to all the to all the college coaches out there, don't do that. <laughs> Uh, one thing I've only been on your staff for two years, but one thing I really enjoyed and I talked to the other coaches is that you let your coaches coach their players. And then if you need to, you'll step in and, and either, um, help with something or change something. Um, did you, did you do that from the beginning or is that something you had to learn? Um, I think I've done that from the beginning. <laughs> there may some be some former assistants out there that are saying, no, you don't. <laughs> well, it, it, obviously, you got to pick guys that you trust, that yes. you know are going to teach your system, and they're going to teach it the right way, and, and there has to be a guy in charge. But um, honestly, I, I coached with some guys in the past over the years who um, 
they didn't do that. You had to teach it their way, and they you had to sit down for hours and hours of meetings where every week you had to tell them, here's what I'm going to teach, and here's how I'm going to teach it. And it was, oh. it, to, to me, I hated it. I did not like that kind of micromanaging, that kind of thing. So I knew that's not the way I wanted to do it, and I knew it was much easier to coach if you're allowed to go out and, and do your job. Yeah. Well, that's a, even my before the my first summer, you were saying any drills you want to do, you can do any drills you want. That's it's up to you. Yeah. And that was it was so freeing because you could you can just like you said, do anything. Yeah. And then and you you kind of put it on me to to figure out what's good and what's bad. Because you even said that you go, you'll figure it out if and the kids will tell you too, like this isn't very good or or you know, I like this drill. Yeah, yeah. You'll you can always tell by how the kids respond to it that you know, this works, this doesn't work. And there's some that just don't fit with what we do offensive and offensively and defensively. So yeah. um, that's always been my philosophy. You, you pick good guys who are going to prepare and they're going to do things the right way. You know, the I can say this, the, the guy who had your coaching position before you winged it every day. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't going to work out. You, you've got to have a plan every day. You've got to go out there and teach. You know, that's one thing, like, I never wanted to disappoint like not 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 like not even just the kids like you like what are they doing over there because if it happens one day then I feel like you have to kind of keep your eye on that mm-hmm. on that position and and make sure that it's not happening again. Oh, definitely, yeah. and and that's happened over my head coaching career where you know you got to pull a guy aside and say, all right, here's what I want you to work on. Stay with these things, mm-hmm. but for the most part, man, we've had really good guys coach on my staff and. uh you know they they know how I like to do things. I know they like like to do things. We've just worked together well. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, I've only been on two years, but it's it's been awesome. I really liked it. Um, what's uh, what do you think an underrated part of being a head coach of a high school varsity team? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. You you get a lot of t shirts. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I love I love getting getting those yeah, getting clothes. Yes. Absolutely, a lot of those <laughs> things that you, yeah the t shirts the. You know, obviously, I try to hook my coaches up with some kind of gear every year because mm-hmm. it's you don't get paid well for what you do, and yeah. it's just nice to get that stuff. Well, not and and Coach Densdorf even said like we were in the room. He goes, "None of us do this for the money. No, we do it because it's fun and we enjoy it." No, um, I, I think an underrated part of it is you're you're getting paid to do your hobby. Yeah, and you know that's I've told people for years. Uh, I've got a very time-consuming hobby that it just <laughs> most people with their hobby they don't have to tell people hey i can't be at your wedding i can't go mm-hmm. here i can't go there and with football it's like that so you 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 literally don't do it for the money yeah um now i'll take a little bit of a pay cut when i step down yeah but it's your hobby it's what you like to do and mm-hmm. i think that's that's very underrated that you get to have that much fun doing what you like to do yeah i i Every year before the season starts, and I know Andrea would never say no, but I always have a conversation with her. Like, hey, if you if you need me to be home and don't want me to do this, you let me know. Yep. Because, because like you said, it is a hobby. Yeah. It, it's something we really enjoy doing. So I, I always make sure to like, like I don't have to do this, but yeah. but but just like you said at the beginning with family, like they love being there too. They, yeah. It's part of their lives. It, it takes a special kind of person. Um I have had coaches over the years that their spouse was not that understanding about it. Yeah. And, and usually those guys don't stick it out that long because it is a drain on your marriage and your family and all those kinds of things. But uh, we've been very fortunate to have coaches who have spouses who understand 
this is what you love doing. This is, you know, this is healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah. What about a, a, a overrated part of coaching? Um, I think an overrated part of coaching are, is the wins and losses. Okay. Um, and I think that's ultimately what people judge you on is your record. You know, little things like, well, be, he's done a good job, but he hasn't done very well in the playoffs here lately or, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Um, if you really love coaching, you do it just to see those kids advance and get better yeah. in, in, you know, how I think, I think the greatest thing is watching them come together as a team and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best experiences I, I can think of um, right about in the middle of my coaching career here at Perrysburg, we had a seven and three team that I thought was going to be three and seven. Mm. And they just came together and played and had a blast as seniors and had a really good season. Um, we lost to a couple, you know, Southview was really good at the time. Maumee was really good at the time. And then whatever our not first non-league game is, we lost to somebody in there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, man, they had a blast and they didn't win the league. They didn't go to the playoffs and had an absolute blast playing football. Yeah. So um, I, I think people stress too much the wins and losses and, and what have you done for me lately. It's important that the kids have some fun. Was there ever, speaking of wins and losses, was there ever a time that you thought after a season or two, like, man, I'm, they're not going to keep me around here? Um, I think I've been lucky that – uh, it, it turned around so fast and got going. You know, I got enough momentum going those first several seasons that I, I think my job was pretty secure after mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, you know, we went back to back four and six seasons a few years ago, and, and I'm sure there was some grumbling about that. Mm-hmm. But you know, quite honestly, one of them was was we just weren't that talented and had a schedule that was absolutely murder. And then the next year, it was a bunch of injuries, and you know, those things happen. But I can honestly tell you, athletic directors, Dr. Short, Mr. Hostler, they've always been 100% supportive of us, and, yeah. and that's a great way to work when it's like that. Yeah, it's 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 tough when you got bosses just, just hounding you, and just like you said, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And, and to have someone, to have those important people behind you makes your job a lot easier to do, I would imagine. And it's also not good for the program. You know, there are those so-called high-power programs in the state of Ohio where they've had guys who won 80% of their games and then they fire them to move on to the next guy. Yeah. That's not healthy for the kids, the community, anybody. So I'm glad, glad that I got to finish off where I did. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot and say what was your like favorite team, but what was what were some – Great moments, memories that you have from your 15 years. Um, I'm trying to think chronologically here. You, that, like I said, that first, this one sticks out. That first team that I had after we had lost two games, um, the coach Carter, who they made a movie about. Yeah, he came into the school to do a presentation to all the athletes, and. Um, all the athletes in the school went to the auditorium and you had to sit with your particular team. And we had just gotten our butt kicked two, two weeks in a row. And they went, he went around, Hey, I want to see where all the soccer players are. And they all stood up and everybody cheered. 
And I want to see where all the basketball players are. They all stood up and cheered. And both men's and women's sports got to the football team. Hey, I want to see where the football team is. Football players stood up and they laughed. Um, And it was one of those situations where you could just see our kids, you know, absolutely want to sit back down and hide. And when they got to practice that day, I told them, you're completely in control of them laughing at you. You go out and turn it around and show them what we really are, nobody's going to laugh anymore. And that yeah. really kind of became our rallying cry the, less, the rest of the season is they laughed at you. Mm-hmm. So you'll understand, you know, they're going to act like they're your friend now because you're winning, but <laughs> they laughed at you at the beginning and yeah. you need to take that seriously. So yeah. I 100% remember those guys. That that did help turn that team around. Yeah. You know, they played a, a different game the rest of the way in. Um, I think our first state playoff appearance was amazing and we got our butt kicked by a really good team but the process of it um you know getting on the buses and traveling and getting there and playing and it was all a new experience for the kids having an extra week to teach the younger guys was a new experience yeah um i think the first state playoff win was an unbelievable experience we beat akron ellett who was a, an inner-city Akron team who was unbeaten when we played them. I think we had one or two losses at the time, but we knew we were really good, and we ended up beating them for our first state playoff team. And then our win, um, you know, that was a big one for me. Um, the two unbeaten teams, we, we went, we, I think we won 29 regular season games in a row at one time. That was huge. Um, both of those teams went on a little bit of a run in the state playoffs. Um, the The biggest one that sticks out and will for the rest of my life was the state playoff, the home state state playoff game against Maslin. Yeah, oh. that is the most incredible uh, high school football experience I've ever been through in my life. When you walk out at six o'clock p.m. for a, and, and at that time it was a seven thirty game, and the stadium is full. It was it was crazy, and, and and just no other way of explaining it. The way that game went, you know, the the all the everybody's heard the story that they thought that we weren't worthy of them, and they wanted to play it at a neutral site, and they wanted to bring their all of their own press people, and they wanted us to do this, that, and the other thing for them, and then we kicked their butt. Yeah, it was just awesome. So, um, you know, th- those are just a, a few. The getting back to the playoffs last year and this year and winning another league championship, obviously, those are right up there with it. Yeah, was that that Maslin game? Was that the game where um, I forget? I think it was Trevor that ran back and then pitched the pitched yeah. it for an interception. Ran yeah, for yeah, he had a and it was right before <laughs> half. He, he picked off a pass and was returning it and then lateraled it for a touchdown. And that was kind of where you you saw them start to implode a little bit, and you could tell our kids started to believe from there. Well, I know just by talking to the kids when they play a team who has like a big time commit, they always seem because at the time it was they, they had their quarterback was going to Ohio State. Yes, so and, they always want to like like show like no this like this ain't happening yeah. for us. You know? Yep, exactly. And that team that team did that. The the kid had uh, some kind of Ohio State tattoo on his arm and yeah. that kind of thing. And man. We we seriously got after him. That was a fun day. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember Peter. That was the the atmosphere, and and that's what we missed this year, obviously with with coronavirus. Because we even yeah. said on the sideline, like, 
during mommy like you said multiple times this is the quietest mommy game we've ever had yep um Oof. yeah it, it, that was one of the reasons you do high school football is for the crowd and everything yeah. that you get with that and from the mo- from the very beginning this year we had to kind of condition the kids that that's not going to be there this year yeah so don't don't get down about it don't pout about it we're just not and we're never going to have it so it it was never like for me it was never um evident that they weren't there until like some something big happened yeah. and, you, and then you could hear like all everyone talk yeah like that, that that shouldn't be happening right now we should we should be covering our ears because we can't hear the play call you, you know? can literally <laughs> hear people saying specific things behind you in the stands and, and you know it was <laughs> it was kind of funny some of it that you'd hear and then others made you a little bit angry but you know who you are and yes i heard you the entire time so we'll just leave it at that that had to be for uh, a horrible year for the officials they could hear every f-bomb yeah <laughs> yes they can yep everybody um you know and you can hear you can hear the coaches on the other side complaining about certain things and you know all that that you normally don't experience it was it was new this year trust me yeah yeah well all along you said um that every week is just like this is a gift because you didn't you along with myself and I'm sure a bunch of coaches just didn't think it was going to happen. And to see every week go by every game that we had was just another gift. And, and then once we got to, I think Bowling Green, then you're, you even said like, I would just want to get to this week. Cause that's, yeah. you know, but then, but then for this weird season to happen and then for us to finish it with a league championship is uh that's gotta be special too. Huge. Yeah. Because you never knew, Especially the way we started, you, you were there. We mm-hmm. had we had several kids that had to uh, be out for fourteen days right at the beginning, and it was because they were in the vicinity of somebody else. After we were doing, you know, ten minute sessions, and everybody was spread out, and everybody had a mask on, we we were doing everything by the book. Yeah, and that that was the frustrating thing. If we're doing this by the book, why are you taking all these guys out of? And I do think the health department and the school kind of compromised at that point and said, no, if we're going to go back to school, if we're going to have people in school, we need to work with this. And yeah. So I'm thankful they did that. And some of it was dumb luck. We do. We just got lucky this year that it, it didn't hit us like everybody else. Yeah. And that, and that was, and I would always tell the seniors too, which I'm, I'm sure you did multiple times, like just embrace this. Cause that's something you, every year you say like, this is the last time you're going to do this to those yeah. seniors. Last time you're going to put these pads on. Last time you're going to run out here. And that's and for them because it happened with baseball they, yep. last spring. They didn't get the the seniors didn't get that. So we just let it, let them know like you got this. So make sure you cherish every moment yeah. of it. Baseball wrestling. We had a couple of wrestlers that pretty good chance they were going to be state champions. Yeah, that doesn't just happen every other you know. And just knowing all that. You know, I I honestly didn't think we'd get much past Labor Day, mm-hmm. and every week that we did, it was just a big exhale. And man, this is this is awesome. We're still going. <laughs> I know, I enjoyed every moment of it, and and my kids, my kids and my wife enjoyed the it being on TV. Because because it's it's hard, and I'm I'm sure you know it's hard to bring kids to the game when it's just you. Yep. And a lot of times that's it's it's just my wife and. And they they had opportunities to come, but you, we only got two tickets. So my my wife's not going to bring one kid. But they really enjoyed, you know, BCSN, which kudos to them showing a lot of games. And and so they enjoyed Football Fridays a different way, which I'm sure a lot of people did. 
Yeah, especially with Jen being as sick as she was. You know, she went uh, the first four weeks of the season, couldn't go to a game. It was nice that she could at least be here and watch the game. So, yeah. um, you know, that – and my parents also. My parents weren't uh, able to go to games, so it was nice for them to be able to watch them and, and you know, a whole different experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one last question. What uh, what advice can you give to the next head coach at Perrysburg? Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I would say that whoever the next head coach is, he can't try to be me. Mm-hmm. And you know that that sounds kind of egotistical, but what, basically what I mean by that is you've got to you've got to be your own personality. You got to run your own system. You've got to do what's comfortable for you. And, and obviously, we've found a system with our coaching staff over the years that works here and works for our kids. Um, they're going to have to take that information and apply it to their own personality, their own way of doing things. And you know, conversely, if coaches stick around, they're going to have to buy into what that guy does and what that guy says. Yeah, I think that would be my biggest piece of information to them is you've got to be you. You can't try to be me and what I did. It's got to, you got to put your own stamp on it. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, I know these probably aren't your favorite things to do, but <laughs> no, uh, you know, honestly, it, it, now that it's done, I don't, it, I don't mind doing some of these things because you know that you're going to have time after it's done. It, it, during football season, everything is so busy mm-hmm. that when you've got to do an interview, when you've got to do something, you're thinking, man, I'm, am I going to have time to get my practice stuff together and watch film? And um, it's a little bit laid back right now, so I got to go outside and take care of my chickens here in a little bit. But other than that, I'm good. Oh, one other thing that popped in—I I lied. This in my last question, but um, next football season, what do you what do you picture yourself doing? I, I think Jen and I will go to some games. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're we're going to sit away from people so we don't have to. <laughs> Listen to the professionals in the stands, especially the lady that cussed at my daughter this fall. I, yeah. I know who you are also. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and she doesn't effing care who you are either. So <laughs> there it is. Um, but I, I think, you know, we love football and we're going to go watch football games. We're going to watch Perrysburg. Um, we're going to promote Perrysburg like we always have. That's a big thing for me that. You know, anything I can do to work for the district and promote it, I will. But we've also talked about traveling around, going some college games. Oh, nice. We're going to go to an Ohio State game. Jen's an Ohio State alum. Um, She wants to do uh, a game at Iowa for the Children's Hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, there's a lot of things we're going to want to do. But one of the reasons that I'm retiring is if there's a Friday night that we want to be at the lake at 5 o'clock, and sit on the deck and do what we do. Yeah, I'm going to do that also. Yeah, just because I've been waiting to do that my whole life. Yeah. So, well, good for you. Um, you've you've earned you've earned all that. So enjoy your retirement. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks for everything you've done.